Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Have you ever wondered exactly what it is that that married man found so appealing about paying for it? Or watched the murder doco and thought, how can that monster's mother still love him? Welcome to To Be Frank, the show that invites you to step inside the world of Constance Hall as she explores the most interesting topics and people from all over the world with no BS, no filter. Now your host, Constance Hall, and co-host, Claudia McLeod. Hello, and welcome to another episode of To Be Frank with Constance Hall. And Claudia. We were just saying off air how the school holidays in WA are a week later than for everyone else, and we've only just finished ours now. Plot stoked, I'm not. I fucking love the school holidays. because I, I hate fucking love school. I think that if you had as many kids as I have, though, you'd probably hate it because, like, by the time you've made 18 lunches and found 18 uniforms and 8,000 fucking homeworks. It's a lot. It's a lot. I get that. I get that side of it. And you have to, you've got a big commute to get your kids to school. You know, it's not like, I'm like, walk it. Although I've I've got to drive one at the moment. I can't wait till that's over. It's also like my school being a Steiner is a huge commitment on the family. Mm. And that's. One of the main main reasons I never got on the wait list in years before, but I think it's very different when you have kids with a high level of needs and kids with learning disabilities that you know they need it. So yeah. it just makes it a little bit harder. Otherwise, if you've got a good local school, great. But not for everyone. Your kids private or public? Well, they're public at the moment, but um, then going to private high school, ones in private high school. So public primary school down the end of the road and like it's a good public school so that's where they're going and why aren't they going to a public high school well my eldest is at a public high school now and i don't like it but i think that is because look everyone's different you know the reasons why i'm not happy with it for her is because she's not in a specialist program like it's a good area but if they're not in one of those programs they sort of slip through the cracks a little bit if you know they need a bit of extra help they just get overlooked and it's also like a newish school and there's not like a lot there yet like it takes a while to build up a lot of the facilities and programs and anyway so the next one's going to a private school yeah 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 these schooling things it's full on it's one of the hardest parts of parenting yeah figuring out what school to put your kids in yeah it was you know the reason i moved to margaret river was because oh then i don't have to worry about high schools yeah i'm gonna go to the local one which yeah and I always thought, like, you know, if it doesn't work, you can change, but you don't really want them to change after a certain point in time. Like, it's harder. Oh, it sucks. It sucks. Honestly, if I could come up, if I could invent a school like I want to, I would be a billionaire. That's a good idea. We've talked about that before, haven't we? I'm telling you, it's such a cool idea. A homeschooling facilitation centre where you heard Billy on the podcast last week. She was saying that she was super depressed when she was homeschooling because she was on her own. She didn't have any friends. If you could tick off the socialising aspect and also a lot of parents don't can't do that like strong academic stuff yes so if, like just do the english maths and science and then everything else you know and that's just done in this amazing facilitation mm. 
And in my mind, it's like a huge warehouse with like indoor gardens and swings and, you know, like skate ramps. Like it's like the ultimate place to hang out. Yeah, because I think when they're younger, I have followed over times and unfollowed and followed again, different um, people that homeschool, but the kids are all younger and they go out and do a lot of like, you know, social activities and stuff like that. When they get older, teenagers are different. They don't want to hang out at the playground with homeschooled kids. Yes, it's tricky, isn't it? I had a friend whose kid was homeschooled, teenager. We'd be at their house for dinner and all the kids would be playing and their kid would be sitting at the table with us talking. And it was like, I'm going, fuck off, I'm trying to talk. <laughs> Con, I had that issue the other day with our teenage daughters. Yeah, always. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> It's not our father, they just love listening to us talk so much, is it? <laughs> all right. Let's get into it. We've got like a... Pretty cool. I'm really excited about this episode. We've got all these questions that people have asked. They messaged you and asked that they want, you know, answers to. A bit like an agony. Yeah, they want us to talk about. It's like a your questions answered on the podcast, and we're not um, filtering them either. You know, some can be awkward, and we'll just go with it. I'll tell you what, a lot of them are awkward, and we also need to say that we are not qualified therapists. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we will not. You be know, scared. like. <laughs> Maybe do your research as well. And we've got, obviously, all the helplines in the show notes at the end of the episode. (laughs) For anyone that does take care of those. Yeah. Okay. First question. We have got, some of them have changed the name, some not. We've got Belinda. Belinda. Oh, they might be anonymous. I've I've looked, yeah, some of them. I've changed changed that. Some, Uh, some. I've changed some. Here we've got Belinda. Belinda loves her new man, but he's got three little kids between 7 and 12 age. And I'm an empty nester. My kids have all moved out. Do I do it all again? Yeah, see, I think that's going to pose a huge problem because do you know what? Those young ages, that's fine. But parenting someone else's cunty teenagers is going <laughs> to kill you. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Well, parenting your own almost kills you, you know? Like, I'm hanging on by a thread. I think that's what you're even asking this, right? So there's a couple of different types of love. There is head over heels, in love, in lust, like we are soulmates, we were born to be with each other, and you will get overcome anything for that kind of love. I'm not saying that love's any stronger or any more real than the other kinds of love, but it tends to have that sort of ability to come through hurdles. But the kind of love where you still have your wits about you <laughs> and you're able to sort of sit back and look at this reasonably and rationally, it usually isn't really strong enough for a hurdle like three kids when you've already done your dash. And saying that, my stepson, you know, I have only got a relationship with one of my stepkids, actually two, because I have a stepkid from my previous marriage that I still love to bits. wish I saw her more, but when I do see her, she's absolutely heaven. So, and my stepson that lives with us, like, they're some of the best child relationships you can have. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being cold. I just think it's hard work. Agreed. I don't know. I'm in two minds. There's an ex that is... I got dumped once because, you know, I had an ex. It's so good if there just wasn't an ex, right? Do you like, know what I mean? Ways, and I, just, I don't blame right. anyone for dumping anyone because there's an ex. Like, yep. not everyone should have to deal with it. Because they're all nightmares in some capacity. I don't care what people say. Like, there's always an issue. It's hard. It's really complicated. You've got all Actually, these different. things that, like, turned me on the most about Dens was the fact that he wasn't deterred by my situation. Like, he was just like. I don't give a fuck. And oh, I, I thought you were like, going to say because he didn't have an ex. I was like, that probably helped too. Yeah, true. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, there's nothing more 
attractive. You know, it's like seeing your partner parenting. Like it's hot when they're doing it right. Yeah, or when they just and when they're not scared and they're not like you know, there's so many men today go oh. Messy. Remember when we went to a party? Me and Claudia oh, yeah, went. Yeah, that guy said that she was divorced. I was very he- nearly divorced and thirty, which you know, like at the time, I, you know, it was not young, young, but super young. And this guy goes, "Oh, that's messy. Oh, that's <laughs> messy that you've got two kids." I was like, "I feel so bad for you." I was like, "Don't. Like, it's really all, it's all good." <laughs> I don't know, Belinda. Bit of a bit of mess, and I just reckon it's really hot when a guy's like. Yeah, complicated, but and nothing. life is messy, right? Yeah, life and love. Like I've been on the dating scene, for, you know, when I was single with children, and I know how hard it is to find someone. So I sort of think, like, if you found someone that is amazing in every other way, and this is just it. Usually, you're the cold one. You're not usually the romantic one. Are yeah, like? you know how shit it is out there. And so, if you do find someone that you've got an amazing connection with, that to me is a small thing. But I guess it's what your priorities are. Belinda, can you afford to live separately? Well, yeah, because like a relationship, I don't know, people always go, oh, would it be a good stepdad? You've got to separate your relationship and and your kids. Like I don't want anyone else to raise my kids. I kind of do that on my own. It's great. Anything they do do is awesome. It's a bonus. But at the same time, it's like your love is for you. That's something you're doing for you. The kids are there, yeah, it can't be bad for the kids, but women and men are usually pretty good at raising their kids without. I don't like the idea of some woman coming along and because he's got kids she now has to look after them, you know what I mean? No, but she still has to live with them, you know, which is. Yeah, it's yeah, true. It's a lot. And, you know, fucking teenagers, man. I don't know, Belinda, I think you might need to um, do a pros and cons list. <laughs> that always helps me. I do a list. Weigh, weigh up the options. I think you just know in your heart. You just ask yourself, like, if I was to lose him tomorrow yeah. but have a really peaceful life, would I be okay with that? Just sit there and, yeah, you're right, do a pros and cons. You'll know in your heart whether or not it's worth fighting yeah. for. Love is love. It's just it's too subjective. It's too much of a spectrum for us to be able to know. Yeah, whether, and look, if it doesn't work yeah. out, it doesn't work out. Like, move out. Kids, I don't know. Like, you know, let's let's not pretend that all kids are innocent. Some kids are easy to love, and others are just draining. So very true. And usually, yes, you have a combination. Such an interesting one, though. It's okay, good. here we've got another question. This is an interesting one. This is from an anonymous. My partner suffers from delayed ejaculation and can't finish inside me. We really want to have a baby, but I can't get pregnant because he can't ejaculate inside me. I don't know how to help. I'm so glad you asked this because I have inside information about this. Really? Yeah. So does that mean that they ejaculate like a certain amount of time? I I understand. Okay, so, well, I don't know about a man that can't ejaculate inside you. I have to fucking What's just delayed ejaculation? I don't understand what that is except, okay, I get it. I understand what she's saying. He might have to, like, pull himself off or whatever to calm. Whatever is happening, he's not managing to get the semen into the ovaries. And so here is your solution, girlfriend, because I have a lesbian couple, friends, that went to a fertility treatment they had their friend she's a doctor so they know what they're doing they had their friend who's the man that was going to donate the sperm and they said they did not like the way they were treated at the fertility center these people were really like short and nasty and mean and whatever it just didn't give them a good feeling this is like the coolest most progressive couple you've ever met so you know you can only imagine they don't they're not going to go somewhere they're not getting treated like queens so what they did is they decided to do a home job And they got a turkey baster. So the one 
who was getting pregnant was not the doctor. So she was guiding her girlfriend into how to do it. And the girlfriend is going to me, have you ever seen a cervix? And I'm like, no. And so we're Google imaging cervixes because she was like explaining it to me and I'm like, whoa, I need to see this. Got the legs up in the stirrups, you know, up in the air. Turkey basted the semen into her and that is how she got pregnant. So you don't need to have him ejaculate inside you. However, I've just been looking into this delayed ejaculation. If there is no semen, so sometimes they can't reach an orgasm, that's a different story. No, she's saying he can't come inside her. She's not saying he can't come. But there's different levels of delayed ejaculation. You guys need to start talking about it because if he's uncomfortable with the idea not talk about it. Well, well, this is just the question is just what I got. But, you know, if he's sensitive about it, which is understandable, you got to start talking about it now because if you do need to go down the path of getting it out some other way. This is what annoys me, right? It's tricky, right? Like, yeah, it's hard. It has something to do with the man's side of the mechanics. It often goes un fucking fixed and they can't talk about it. I was talking to Denim about this because I find that men and their business, their dicks, their erections, their semen, their fucking sperm count is such a sensitive topic oh. that it destroys relationships yeah. because they can't talk about it. We Hardly. have a friend whose husband was, um, couldn't get it up and yep. he would constantly project his embarrassment and blame her and say, well, my ex used to finger herself and that made me, you know, stay hard and all this really nasty stuff that made her feel like shit. And when a man's ego is being bruised, all hell have fucking fury because it is a sensitive subject and no one wants to feel like they're the cause of the infertility, obviously. Tread carefully, babe, but I'm thinking maybe even some counselling. Yeah, no, no one does counselling. You say counselling. They do actually. because I'm not saying, you know, we know heaps of people that have done counselling. Our friends are keeping the marriage counselling order. I guess you get like a rebate. But you just need a more, more of a quick fix. <laughs> we need a turkey baster. Well, paste yeah, turkey baster. <laughs> or, you know, help him. Can you make, help help make him come another way? Or I don't know. You guys need to get, get So that's the problem. That's what I reckon is the problem here. He won't mm. want to talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Like I think we all need to play like a couple's game where <laughs> you get t- together, just you and your partner, we don't have to do it publicly, and you say one thing that has embarrassed you about your body or your sexuality in your life and you say it to each other you have to come up with one and then they have to start talking and get vulnerable and see that you're not gonna go ha, ha, you can't get it up <laughs> you can't get me pregnant totally. you're beautiful about it but no one actually really says that i think it's the fear right like you just don't want to say it it's like yeah it's tricky yeah, yeah everyone, not a, everyone loves talking as much as us, Con. Yeah, true. All right. Maybe we should do that couples game with our husbands and come in and, and, and shame them by telling everyone what they say. Hey, we should do it like in a few weeks when we're staying together in our Airbnb. Yes. On the right James will it. love it. Denim won't. Denim will talk about anything but himself. Denim's <laughs> like, like, he doesn't really have anything to be embarrassed about sexually. Like he's not got any, you know, some guys might have a bit of a dodgy or something like that. Like he's he's always been kind of privileged in that way. But like we've had really open conversations about all sorts of stuff. And I've said to him, if you didn't have a good sized dick and a woman said to you, you know, gave you like a sympathetic like small dick comment here, what would that feel like? And he said it'd be the worst feeling in the world. Like actually. You know, so he's really helped open my eyes to how vulnerable that sort of side of men's 
because he will talk to me about it. But, yeah, it's fascinating. It fascinates me. I've had so many one-night stands and shit get angry at me because they came first. I had a guy try and yeah, pretend to yeah. be me. He just before we even fucked. And he tried to tell me that it was because I'm I'm just little old con and and I think of you as a friend. You make me laugh. Like, I can't fuck you. Sorry. Walks away. Then I found a massive wet patch and I was like, you dumb fuck. You no, just at me. Now you're trying to make me feel like I'm not sexual enough. You know what I mean? You've never told me that story. That is hilarious. I um, once went on a date with a guy, I think I've told you this story, and he had like a proper micro penis. Like yes, there yes. was like <laughs> and what was so weird about it not was not the micro penis and again like I hashtag feel like I was hashtag blessed to have never experienced this before this occasion I think it was like our third or fourth date and he had come around to my house one this was like many many years ago when my kids were asleep because you know I wasn't ready for him to meet them clearly and we just had a you know like a glass of wine and he just stood up and dropped his pants and just like stood in front of me like exposing the micro penis and I was like it was just so weird. We have words or was it just actions? No, I just was speechless. I was just like, oh, and then I was like, oh, hey, like what are you doing? Like my kids are here and I'm not at that point yet and I think, <laughs> anyway, so let's call it a night. But afterwards I was like, why did he do that? Was it like he was so nervous about, you know, when he did have to unveil himself that he just wanted to like, get it over and done with? And that's like when I, show, when I show a man how many kids I've got, I'm just like, boom, there it is. Yeah, here's me and my seven kids. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's in fact, lawyers call it showing the ugly baby or showing the ugly kid. Right. A defense lawyer will give away all of the prosecution's cards and go, "Yes, you know, they're a bad. He's a bad guy. Yes, he cheated. Yes, he blah blah blah. Yes, he, but he didn't." They do wife. it first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, showing the ugly yes, kid like it. There first you can. All right. Now we've got Jay. How do I heal sibling rivalry caused by my mother? My mum favored me. I was the golden child. And my two siblings can't move on. That's really fascinating because um, we have a golden child. We have a couple of golden children in our family and it's a massive joke. We all laugh about it. I reckon, <laughs> shit, it's really tricky. Sibling relationships are so tricky because they, they just are. There's so much, you know, it, there's so much. There's nothing like it. There's nothing more complex it's than it's a sibling relationship. For at the same time. I mean, you you could say family counselling, but I don't think that's actually going to, you know what I mean? Do you know what it was? If I was you, because I wasn't the golden child, I am probably closest to my mum than mm. anyone, but she has her favourite. But you don't have a penis and you haven't lived until you've had sons out of but, the mouth. Um, the thing is that I really love my brothers too and so I almost feel like, you know, we've all just got that golden child thing about them. But if I didn't, I would really appreciate a letter from the golden child saying that you acknowledge how much harder mm. it must have been for you. You know, like that's if I was you, I would write a letter and I would say, I've Validate. really sat down and I've really thought about what it must have been like and to have, and to always have been persecuted, to have always, you know, I didn't want this, I didn't choose to be in this position, but I'm sure I have, you know, taken it for granted and used it for my own abilities and, you know, like just own as much as you can and while you're writing it, think about your sibling and think about how much you want them to be happy because you always do and how think about Christmases, think about 
three decades later, think about your grandkids together. Think about all that and yeah. and let that help you swallow any, well, it's not my fucking fault. I'm not the one with a chip on my shoulder vibe. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because I love sibling talks because I've I got a big that, family. I reckon that's like fucking the best advice. I think that's really, really nice. Yeah, thanks. Well, I would, mm. you know, as a parent as well, like, you know, isn't it our dream that our kids get on when we grow up, when they grow up? Totally. Just, my, you know, one of my worst fears is that my kids will not talk to each other as adults. Yeah. They fight so, so much now like, and not nor- a normal amount of fighting. Like it's next level. Well, that's because two of them. They're, they've only got each other to fight. They're both girls. They're both similar star signs and stubborn and but different personalities. So I get it. It's always going to be like a. There's nothing like it though. There's, no, yeah. there's nothing to compare it to. There's no friendship that close. Yeah. You'd give them an organ, but anything else, like you just want to you know, kill them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I just want my kids to get on when they grow up. It's tricky though. Them. Like, uh, yeah. I, look, I actually had a situation that sort of popped into my mind that my um, uncle used to, and he's passed away now. He used to get really jealous of me because he thought I was my grandparents' favorite grandchild. He used to get really funny about it to the point where, like, are I, you just between us? Well, I don't know, but no, they wouldn't say that. But I was very close to my grandparents because mum was a single parent and maybe because they were my mum's parents as well. Like if I was sick, I'd go hang out with my nan and I was just super close to them. Used to stay there all the time. It's a paternal lineage through his side. Yes, and his his children just weren't. And they were a very close family. So they would, my cousins would come for sleepovers and then cry in the night and go home because they miss mum and dad and all that. So, So I think it was just like a natural... Well, I t- I think so, and you I know? think that but it was, you being a child as well. Yeah, you know, but it was fucked like, up. I knew that he felt like this as a child, and I think that's really wrong. I don't think I should have been exposed to that as a child. Absolutely. That's He's your uncle. He's on par with your mum. He's not supposed to be projecting his shit onto you. Yeah. However, as I got older and as an adult, it wasn't like one, you know, occasion that, you know, f- switched it. I think he just got over it. Interesting, and I think write the letter. Yeah, write the letter. Okay, families are funny, aren't they? Yeah, they In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Okay, this is one probably for you, Con. My husband has ulcerative colitis with an ileostomy bag and my 17-year-old daughter has ulcerative colitis as well. Any tips, Con? How do you manage yours? Well, my tips, I'm not supposed to be allowed to say, I don't know. Again, we're not doctors and we're not saying do anything, but I think, you know. What do, you, what do you do? Sort of say that you can't talk about your own experience with therapeutic goods. I don't know. All I'm going to say is that there is a um, brand called Eva Nature. There is a protocol. It's called the protocol Cura D. I get asked this so often by people that DM me. They ask mm. me so much because it honestly changed my entire life. Like I used to go to the toilet twelve times a day always have blood, always have mucus, just never felt well. Steroids, enemas, you know, everything. So just for those that don't know what it is, ulcerative colitis is? 
It's an inflamed bowel disease. It's similar to Crohn's, whereas Crohn's, it goes through your entire digestive system, but ulcerative colitis is is limited to your bowel. It's sort of like having eczema on the inside of your bowel. Imagine having eczema when you scratch it. It's very easy to rip the skin because it's very inflamed. So that's what, and then you end up with, you get the in, colitis is the inflammation and then the ulcerative as well means that it ulcerates and you bleed from you know inside your bowels which is really scary and if it doesn't go treated after a certain amount of years it can develop into something more sinister and that's when people have to sometimes have parts the of band, their bowels and yeah yeah which is what she's talking about mm. um but because it is a one in four chance that your child can get it and i'm actually currently going through mm potential diagnosis is for Raja, but I've got Raja on this medication and his symptoms have gone away. So the thing is, the medication is basically turmeric, right? But turmeric, our bodies don't, it's it's the active ingredient in turmeric, which is called Kukura, but our body doesn't absorb that. And so this brand has found some other herbal things. You know how you need orange juice to get yeah. um, iron to yeah, absorb the iron? Yeah. So they've found another way of or something else to put in these capsules and whatever they've done, I so don't know. So can absorb the curcumin more. Ah. Yeah. So it's ended up now, this mixture has ended up now being like on the official page for like um, like the health, whatever it is, the, is it who? The, the, the World, yeah, the World Health, Health Organization. Yeah. Like that. They have now officially had to put, you know, these these things down as, potential fucking cures. That's how strong they are. And, I, you know, wow. as I said, steroids, like that's the last, your doctors will usually use steroids. As I know you rave about them. it, like you've just had instant success with it. Because I've tried everything, enemas every night, and I just it just shits me to tears that doctors will not tell their patients about this. They won't tell their patients anything dietary. They won't tell their patients. Or I refuse to go to my gastroenterologist because he will not let me up mm-hmm. until... I'm back on conventional medication. It's a symptomatic disease. If you have symptoms, you're sick. If you don't, you're not. And I have my colonoscopy still and I do everything. You know, so I don't see why I would take these chemicals that are probably going to make me sicker in the long run. That's, mm. Yeah. So That's anyway, really interesting about the turmeric absorption. You know, anyone whose kids have Crohn's or um or ulcerative colitis, I'm not saying stop seeing your doctors. I'm not saying stop with the conventional stuff. I'm saying give something natural a go that has the curcurum and the, you know, whatever it is because it really fucking helps. And don't stop because had I stopped, I've given up looking for another cure, then I would have never found this because I used to look for a cure every other week. And then once I read this article, they said, you're not going to find a cure for your ulcerative colitis online. And I just went, wow. I'm not. That's true. Wow. I've got to stop. Do you know what I mean? How did you come across it? Just Googling it. I got sick again last year and I hadn't been sick for quite a while. And so I, I wasn't able to, usually I could get on top of it with some meds. Mm. So I just thought, I'll give it another bash. I'll just see what's out there now. What to lose. And yeah. And they actually Apart come from, from pills. So I have to pay, you know, 200 bucks for a bottle of them because you've got to convert it to, it's like 60 bucks or something. You convert it, then there's postage. But it's a small price to pay for health, isn't it? Absolutely. How do I move past my husband not wanting another baby? It's something I want so badly. It consumes me and he is a hard no. I don't know. I just don't know about these ones, Claude. I've been asked this quite a few times when I've been in like doing my book launches and people like ask me questions and stuff. And it's, I'm just, it's a common one. Like It is. Know. And I've always been the boss of um, the family dynamics in, in every relationship. So if I wanted another baby, I'd have one. 
Look, yeah, I always think that if a woman does want to have a baby, she will find a way. Yeah, because like I had this client once and she told me that, and I remember me and you talking about this, it was years ago, but she said to me that if she looks around at Christmas time and she sees her two grown-up kids and she says the one thing she regrets is not having another kid. So that's when, because me and you had only had two kids at that time. That's I think when we, we wrote a pro and con list then as we well. Did. We wrote a pro and con list. <laughs> yeah. I can remember some of the things on that list. It was Me too, because one of the cons. Was it could be a Hugh. Hugh's a third child. Hugh's our yeah. third. <laughs> you could have like a, a fucked up third child, which does happen a lot. Yeah, exactly. But you've got to it's... run the gauntlet. You've got to take that risk. Or well, you could be like, you and have twins. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand. If someone wants another kid and their partner just really doesn't, why can't they just go, oh, if you want it, you have it. It's like getting a dog. I promise I'll look after it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll be the one that loves it the most. But it's no, he's yeah. a hard note. Some people are. It's very, they're very firm on it, you know, for whatever well, reason. And hey, it's fucking expensive to raise kids now. There's a yeah. lot more that comes into it now than I think, you know, it did even 10 years ago. When I went to couples therapy once and I felt, felt like my couple, my relationship counselor was like just always trying to push for us to stay together. And I wasn't there. Mm. And so I was like, I, I said to him, what would be a good reason to break up? If you don't think any of these reasons are good enough to break up, what would be a good reason? And he said, hmm, I suppose a good reason to break up would be in unsolvable differences. Like one person just wants to live back in their home country and the other person Erin, just Erin, not, what are they? Gonna, you see it on divorce things all the time, irreconcilable differences, is that the way? Hmm. Yeah, and so, like, isn't this one of them? You just can't move past it. If you really want another kid and they don't, you got to think: is it is it worth breaking up? Then you get into sort of threatening territory. Like I'm leaving you because you're not having another kid with me. So then they just have another kid so mm. that you don't. My take is that if you've got one child, it's a fair fight. Like you know, you don't want to have one child because they're going to be fucked up. Maybe if you've got two, that's so true. You know, well, you've got to weigh it up. You've got to weigh it up. But you also need to be aware that the older you get, more chance of twins. Are you prepared for that? Or you have the third fucked up child. Oh, this is the way I see it, right? I think if you don't want to have a kid but you have one, you'll get over it because you'll love the kid. Mm. But if you wanted to have a kid and you didn't have it, where's the point that you get over it? No, you don't. You know what I mean? Nothing ever happens to make you get over it. Mm -hmm. So I think you'd be resentful forever and you'd feel like this is the re you'd blame thing, you know, this is why I'm not happy, even though just between me and you, it's not. <laughs> it's so <laughs> true. It's so true. <laughs> I always wanted to have three. Like I was hoping that my second was twins so that because I didn't like being pregnant, then I was like, I'll just get over and done with in two pregnancies. I always thought I wanted three because I thought two, you know, I just wanted three. But, my God, I'm glad to have three now. Well, I was my only planned kid because I didn't want Billy to be alone. I was like, I just don't want to have, you know. Yeah, you don't kid. want to be alone in life. Yeah, if I'm going to drag a kid you don't know out, what's going to happen? As well, so you might have like two that don't speak to each other, or one might pass away, or you just don't know. Yeah. You know, you always think that as well, don't you? About like getting your tubes tied and stuff. Mm. Like, what if one passed away? It's just, yeah, it's scary and terrible. I can happily and safely say now that no matter what, nothing could happen in my life that might make me want to have another child, apart from maybe all of my kids dying. <laughs> the odds of that happening are pretty slim. Okay. Is there an age a child can decide to stop going to the other parent's house? My eight-year-old doesn't want to go to their dad's anymore. What do I do? That's a tricky one because if you're talking legally, 
it's a case by case basis. I don't think there yeah. is natural age as to because all kids develop sort of self-awareness and insight at different ages so it's sort of I think it's assessed on that that's all my lawyer said to me anyway that it would be assessed on whether the kid can show kind of you know that yeah, sort stand of up and say I don't want to go or- insight, and it's not just in uh, it's not a kiddie childish they don't let me play Nintendo enough you know it's more of a understanding I'm going to dance because you're yeah yeah I don't like the idea of making a child go. I that that doesn't want to go. I just yeah, it feels wrong, right? I don't know what the fucking answer is, Claude. What's the fucking answer? Well, I mean, yeah, as you say, it's different case by case. It depends whether they have like court orders and you know things like that. So because then you're like breaking a law. It's really really hard. I've experienced that at times. At the moment, my kids do want to go to their dads, but there's been times where they don't. And um, I find when it's like not regular they start to not want to go. Whereas when they go all the time, it's just kind of, you know, it's just kind of how it goes. It's like school. If you let them have days off, they hustle you for a day off. Yeah. Obviously, like, you know, we don't know your situation. There could be stuff happening there that really makes them not want to go. And, of course, yeah, you don't that want to send them. Yeah, that needs to be listened to. Yeah. So, I don't know. I would probably sit down with your child and, like, explain the situation because, you know, they're old enough to know um, and say, look, like, if you don't want to go, this is what you have to do. You know, you need to make a decision about it, and I'll back you. Well, you need to tell me why. Like, what you is it? Why you well, need to get to work yeah. with the ex who is probably unreasonable and won't work with you. But you know, if if you were yeah. to go to them and say, "Look, she doesn't want to come," it's mm. because she doesn't like sleeping alone in that bedroom, or you know, there's often specifics. Like, I didn't like staying at a certain uncle's house when I was young because of, and it was just sort of specifics like that. I didn't mm. want to didn't let me sleep with the dog in my bed or whatever it was. Like I'm sure there there could be so. That's a possibility. There might be ways that you can work around that. But I guess by the time that you've messaged us with this, then you've probably already tried everything and you're at your wit's end because your kid just doesn't want to go. I would say that the courts, what the courts would probably do if you wanted to like go down that legal route is they would probably make you go to somewhere like Relationships Australia and try and work on the kid's relationship and try and make the kid happier your daughter, sorry, not the kid, happier when she goes. And if you can sh- show that you've tried everything to make your child enjoy their time with their dad but they're still just hating it, I think that the court would probably look at that or try and reduce it to only day visits, not sleepovers. I think you need to just chat with the kid and get to the bottom of it because if it's something, you know, fixable and kind of trivial, come on, let's get back. Yeah, yeah, get back yeah. to the other parents. But if there's something there and – I always used to say to my kids, well, if you don't want to go, then you need to be able to stand up in front of dad and whoever else and say you don't want to go. And then they're like, oh, no, we'll go. So obviously it's not that serious. It's, I don't know, case by case. Chat with them. Bribery often helps, you know, like yeah. kids that don't want to go. And you, know, you know your own kids. So if there is something sinister going on, mm. you, you know, I think you'll know. If you've got that instinct, just say no. Hmm. Just yeah. say no. She's not going if they're now. they're genuinely scared, you don't have to go. Relationship. Yeah. All right. Where are Okay, this is a good one. We're going to get a divorce lawyer on, Claude. Yeah, we do, to answer some of these questions. How do I cope with the grief of my partner of 20 years? After he died, I found out that he lied and basically led a double life. I'm so angry. I feel like I can't grieve. I've known people that have gone through this. I, I used to have a client and she said to me that, you know, her partner had had passed away and just when she was trying to grieve that you know she goes some bitch walks into the funeral and his business partners were all trying to hold her out and I'm going wow what's going on there 
And then everything just unraveled that he'd had this second life. And I was just listening going, holy shit. How could he do that to you? How do they not know for that amount of time? Or did you just choose not to know? I'm so intrigued as to how people don't know that their partner's leading a double life or they just not want to see the signs. How are you with someone for 20 years? And Who knows, Claude? Some people are really good liars. And also other people are just really trusting. Yeah, and that's much, you know what yeah. I mean, like especially from another generation, like not another generation, but twenty years. I guess someone our age could have been together with someone for twenty years, but like, yeah, you just, I don't know. It's really fucking sad, and it's and I think you just got to remind yourself that it's okay to feel everything you're feeling. Like you know, you just said you feel like you can't grieve, so fuck it, don't grieve. Let the grieving come later. If you're too angry now and you want to be angry now, you have every right to be angry. I don't know if this um, listener has listen to our Lucy Hone episode, but that would be perfect because there's no, you know, she talks about there's no, like, right way to grieve. So this anger that you're feeling is part of what you're going through. Like, you know, embrace that anger. Go mm-hmm. to that place where you smash plates, you know? You know, there's pet no. rooms where you smash plates. You, you can be sad for what you've lost. But, like, even when Dan's was in his coma, I remember thinking, how could you do this to us? Mm. Like, look at what you've left behind. It's fucked. But that was very fleeting because I felt too sorry for him. That sort of sympathy came in yeah, right. a lot more. But, um, yeah, I, I just reckon let yourself do what you need to do. You probably need to go through all the motions that people whose partners haven't died who have had affairs go through, which is find out everything. You want yeah. to know everything. When did it start? Why? Where? Like, you know, do, do, just do whatever you need to do and make sure I mean, I know that we say get a counsellor, but this one is a ch- <laughs> No, I do. <laughs> You're like, don't get a counsellor. This one I think you actually do need to make sure that you yeah. have someone who can help you. You've got a lot to unpack. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't know what you're meant to be feeling. When you don't know how to feel or what you're meant to be feeling, they can put that in a row for you and give you that t- chance to take the confusion out. You Especially from someone neutral, you know, like I think that there are – it's so healthy to talk to someone that doesn't have an opinion on your life when there's something like this that's just so heavy. You know, it's it yeah. Yeah. I think that would be very beneficial. So get a counselor. Yeah. Be sure the guy's so sweet thing. How yeah. dare he talk to you? And then fuck off. Don't <laughs> <laughs> like I just like, yeah, twenty years, man. Like I'd be fucking pissed. Fucking pissed. Do you remember that show Tangled? And you can't get revenge because they're dead. She needs to watch that show Tangled. That'll help her. She'll feel like she relates. Oh, that was such remember? a good show. Yeah, that's a great show. And the same thing happened. Mm. Like they died. Mm. Yes. And, yeah, double life. Yeah. Look, it happens a lot. We should do an episode on this because there are some doozies out there. I've got a few that are like too much for this episode. But, you know, you just go, how? How did they lie for so, so, so long and not get away with it? Maybe. See, I I pick up on a lie straight away. I've got such a good lie detecting. You think? Do you that? know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't know they have like other families. Like how <laughs> exhausting! That's that's what how I always exhausting. Show was like when she found out that her her husband had had another relationship. She found out that she he had another kid as well. And the first question she asked, which I thought was so poignant, was, "Was he there when you had the baby?" And the woman said yes, and she was shattered. And I thought to myself, because that is the most vulnerable a woman can be and it is the most personal thing two people can do together. I mean, sometimes I think we only had Raja, me and Denim, so that we could have experienced that together and not both have had previous partners that experienced it with us instead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, crazy. interesting. But then, I don't know, you'd also want to know, right, so that, like, if there's another kid out there, you wouldn't want them to hook up with one of your kids. Is that? Why would your brain even go there? That is the <laughs> in a world with billions of people in it. Because it's the place my brain would go. Well, if they were in the same city like Perth, like it's it happens. Well, there is that. So there's that doctor for um that there exactly. was. I, I, I listened to a DNA yeah. podcast once about it, and it was yeah, you know. Yeah, very interesting. People were nearly hooking up. Yeah, with and if he's got one other person pregnant, you know, there could be hundreds of them out there. All right, last one. Have your kids ever been inappropriate with another friend's kids? I'm not sure whether to involve the police or not. Oh, that sounds like more than inappropriate. But, like, I remember when I first had, you know, my first kid, I was like, I would talk to Claudia and be like, are your kids rank? And she was like, yes. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you, because my kids are so rank, I can't even let them bath together. And <laughs> We're not talking about between siblings. We're talking <laughs> I think this a non means like you know her one of her ch- children has like maybe tried to touch another friend's kids. Yeah, I think that kids are inquisitive yeah. and they are like you know you, you, the thing is that it's up to you to kind of uh, kind of monitor that and and keep on top of that yeah. constantly so that they don't do anything that they're going to regret or that it's going to hurt anyone on the, or all the rest of it. But I don't think that you have to necessarily straight away, like let's say it wasn't a really bad thing. Let's say it was just like a doctors and nurses kind of thing. <laughs> like you don't want to shame. That's the most important thing is you don't like shame the child, which is everyone's first instinct is to go, don't do that, don't do that again. Your hands, your body, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's like if you can, yeah, my biggest thing is trying to not maximise things and make things yes. out of, well, I guess make it's, things bigger than they are. Yeah, and it depends if it's like just like a one-off and you've spoken to them about it and they realise it's inappropriate or, I mean, if it is like something has happened, yeah, I guess I it's up to the to other people to call the police. Like, I, you know. If you don't have it, like paediatrician or, mm. or a therapist, I would ask my GP because GPs, you yeah. know, these days they deal with kids and other parents a lot and, you know, they always say when you don't know what to do with something, go to them. Yeah. And there are, we've got some great family GPs around here. So I, that's that would be my, my initial thing would be like, do I need to report this? Like, you know, just so that it's on the record yeah. that I have acknowledged that this has happened and I'm do- trying to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think as well, like, it depends on the age of the child and you know, their level of understanding. Like there's some, yeah, definitely, definitely depends on the age of the child. I mean, that's such a vague question. You know what I mean? Like have your kids ever been inappropriate? Like kids are inappropriate. They're born inappropriate. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if it's the point that you're considering the police, then. Yeah, um, I I think I'm assuming that like, you know, there was some touching going on and look, I wouldn't call the police unless the other, you know, I think that's probably the people, the other, the other family's issue, whether if it's their child that has been touched. Talk to your kid. That's inappropriate. Talk to your kid. And even get your kids to draw pictures of what happened. Yeah. Sometimes they do that yes. better than, you know, yeah. like exact pictures because kids are really good with and little get directions. your kid into therapy as well if that needs to happen. You know, we're pro-counselling. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, just, you know, if it's a young kid, have your kids back. Kids do stupid things all the fucking time. Yeah. And they do rank yeah. things. And it's not a reflection on you as a parent. It's just kids are weird i had this friend like growing up and i would have been like five and she used to poo in the bath all the time like we'd have baths together and she'd do a poo every time we have a bath and her mom was like oh amber and she'd come in and scoop the poo out it was like (laughs) 
why did I keep getting back in the bath with her? Why? Mm. Well, you know, kids do weird shit and, you know, Amber grew out of it. Yeah. Well, I had a friend when I was young who used to, like, make up really weird shit. And, like, she's told so me now that it was a lie. Like, weird shit. Like, she would say that, you know, we were, like, eight and she would say that she was sucking on a lollipop the other day and then she put it in her vagina and her neighbour sucked it afterwards. Because I tell my mum, my mum talks to her mum. and That's pretty like, off, hon. Like- and then she would say that she was having a shower with her dad once and he pissed on her. And her dad didn't live in the same state. And, you know, when we grew up, she was like, yeah, no, nah, that didn't happen. I just used to love getting a, re- getting a rise out of people. Even to this day, we're still mates and we still sort of laugh about it and she says it was bullshit. But, you know, like, sometimes you don't have to sift through the shit. Literally. <laughs> oh, look, that was amazing. We've got so many more questions. I think we need to do another one of these episodes. I loved it. Yeah, I'd love to get some listeners on. I really would, just for a little quick. Or even if you wanted to send through your questions with voicemail. You know, yeah. with, you know, you can do better having someone, you know, read it. But if you want to keep your voice anonymous, we get that. Just let us know. We'll put a filter through it. Awesome. Always here for you guys. Thanks for sharing. And again, we are not. We are not qualified, so, you know. <laughs> now, I'm just thinking there's probably going to be a little backlash from this oh, well. episode. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> Ciao. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of To Be Frank. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, be sure to click follow. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast. Join us next time as we explore more interesting topics and people from all over the world. 